How's it going on this great Wednesday afternoon? My name is Hayden Joyner, and this is Off the Bench, your top sports talk show here on XLR, Lander University Radio. I am joined with my co-host, Liam Worley, and we have a guest here, Caleb Sheldon. Man, how is it going? Say what's up. Um, it's going pretty good. Yeah, he says uh, you're an expert on Clemson football, you say, and other things football, so... We'll have some things to talk about for sure with uh, with Clemson struggles later on in the show. Liam, how are you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? We're doing. I'm doing pretty good. Chris couldn't be here today. He sadly has the vid. The vid. This is the first time though, right? Because you got it last year, right? Yeah, I got it uh, right at the same time last year, and somehow he skirted it that time, but this time he got it. Yeah, the dang uh, the golf team's plagued by it. Apparently, we're thinking Matthew's going to get it soon, right? Nah, Matt. Matt's he's good. chill. He's yeah. chill. All right. All right. Matt's good for good. Matthew, but uh. Hopefully we'll see Chris back in a few. Uh, he said he wished he could be here. He even gave us like a little thing in our text message saying, oh, he's proud that Fields is going to start and good thing for the Chicago the Chicago Bears. He, he, he was acting like he was on the show. It was pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about that and may as well call him or something. He ain't doing nothing. Yeah, maybe. Maybe maybe, maybe we'll get him on the <laughs> phone call. He's probably sitting on my board right now. But, uh, Liam, we'll start off the show as we usually do with F1. There wasn't a race last weekend, but we have the Russian Grand Prix coming up. This upcoming weekend in Sochi, as usual, on the old uh, the old Winter Olympics Olympics grounds on the yep. street circuit that everybody hates. Um, we're going in there. Max Verstappen coming off, or him and Lewis basically coming off a, a zero points finish in Italy, which resulted in a Daniel Ricciardo win that we went on on and on about last week. But they're going into this race. Max has a three place grid penalty for that collision, and it looks like they're going to take an engine drop. It hasn't been confirmed yet their engine penalty, but. Uh, they said that they're gonna play by ear, I think, and yeah. see if like how the pace of the Mercedes is, and if they can hopefully fight their way back up the field. But I mean, I'm I'm assuming it's gonna they're gonna take uh, that drop I, and go to the I end of the think, field. Yeah, I think they're gonna switch. Also, something I saw today is that um, Ferrari for Leclerc's car, they're gonna also take their engine penalty because of their damaged unit that came in the Hungary race. I and mean, they've had problems since the beginning of last year with those things. Yeah. So. Well, apparently this new Ferrari engine they're going to put in, they were able to develop it within the within the calendar or like within this season and it has like 15 extra horsepower they claim out of like a new hybrid energy thing they put in it. So whatever works for them, man. I they mean, need it. Last time we saw them put a new engine upgrade in the middle of the season in 2018 or 19, we saw them win three straight races and then get hit with an illegal engine ban or whatever happened there. So We'll see what happens this time, but if that go- does go into effect, it means Leclerc is going to go to the end, to the back of the field with Max, and so they'll both be hopefully giving us some entertainment fighting through. For sure, fighting through the field. But if Max is out of it, is there? Are we thinking this is going to be Mercedes one two in Sochi? They've won every single race in since, Sochi and every Russian Grand Prix that's ever been held, I believe. Yeah, it's like eight or nine at this point. Yeah, since <laughs> dating back to like nineteen thirteen. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm expecting a Mercedes one two, and uh, I'm expecting the reverse uh, order of what you would think. Uh-huh. I think I think Valtteri's gonna win because he's pretty good at he, Sochi for some yeah. odd reason. He won last year. Did he win the year prior to that too? I think he's got two, yeah. two straight wins. Yeah, it, it somehow I don't know. It always you're right. It always feels like a Valtteri track. He always. I mean, last year he won. I think in spite of like Lewis had a penalty for doing something stupid, and so Valtteri ended up getting the complimentary win there but i'd expect a mercedes one too as well i don't see sergio perez putting in any amazing effort you know no. that he hasn't really shown recently he only no. i mean he had his little his little azerbaijan win and he and he popped it in third place i think he did it in austria or stereo whatever race that was and some other times but our our only hope is mclaren to go brazy again this week 
I mean, it's not a power track. Is it? A, no, they have like the one long straight, but it's not really. I don't know how they'll be. I feel like Ferrari would be better in any aspect because of that final third sector because it's all it's all 90 degree straight circuit turns, which they were pretty good at in Monaco and in Azerbaijan. So. Well, yeah. I mean, Carlos did uh, did finish on the podium at Monaco and yeah. Leclerc qualified first. Yeah. But, you know, you he know felt that story. I think he finished. Yeah. In Monaco, we, yeah. we self that was heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, but and he's, I think he finished fourth in Azerbaijan. But yeah, I'd expect a uh, McLaren or McLaren, a Mercedes one two. Expect maybe signs and, and those two McLarens to get in the mix. We'll see how how Max and Charles do from the back of the grid if if Red Bull takes the engine penalty this week, which I'd assume they would, and with Ferrari taking it this week. And I think that they're then gonna take it with, with Carlos next week in uh in Turkey. I don't even know where they're going next week. Uh. Turkey's been on and off the schedule back at like 50 times, I feel like. So I don't know where they're going to be next week, but... Yeah, it's Turkey. Hey, I was like, that was a fantastic guess. Yes, sir. But, uh, we'll see what happens. I, I'd, I'd be excited to see McLaren pull another one out. I think, I feel like just, I mean, further down the season we're getting, Max and Lewis are going to get more neck and neck, more like, you know, elbows out trying to get, you know, the last bit of points they can scrap together in the last, you know, third of the season. And there's going to be more collisions. I Lando Norris, world champion. If, if, if I mean, they're... If, I think the way the math checks out right now, if, if Valtteri wins every race and Lewis and Max crash out every race, he still has the chance to win the world championship. So yeah, that I'm could not happen. Count on it. I, don't know, I mean, but if Valtteri has a shot, I'd assume Norris has the shot too because they're Norris really is only close. Nine points back of Valtteri. Yeah, so I'd assume they have a shot at it. I mean, that'd be. I think Norris. I don't know. I don't know. I have to wait for the for the rule changes next year. But I, I'm I'm excited for this one. Practice. I mean, what's today? Wednesday. I always think it's Thursday, but. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. So Friday practices will start. We'll get all the all the juicy details on that, but we'll we'll get into that. Hopefully next week we can talk about another surprise winner like we did last week with Ricardo in Italy. But we'll jump out of F one for now. Not not too too much going on right now. But we'll jump in to college football, which had a lot going on this past weekend when it comes to you know teams winning, teams losing, disappointments coming out. Obviously Ohio State, Clemson squeak, squeaking by, Oklahoma squeaked by against Nebraska as well. A lot of close games and with competitors we wouldn't think would be that bad and we'll jump into Clemson first because that's been one of the hot topics so far is their offensive struggles going into so far or playing this year so far obviously we saw no offensive touchdowns barely any points scored against Georgia in the opening game of the season the only touchdown in that entire game coming from a pick six off DJ Uyungle's short little slant route but uh you know they've struggled on offense so far we've seen a bunch of that Caleb I'm sure you've watched a ton of it oh, as yeah. a Clemson fan I mean I got a lot to say about it but well I mean you're the guest I mean you're you're the guest on the show right now I feel like the best way to integrate one is you know just have you go on a little rant that's a pretty good way to have you go <laughs> yeah, so I, I want to hear it man. yeah so as a Clemson fan what, what are your thoughts so, so far I mean a lot of social media is going straight at um straight at Tony Elliott but I'm having to say it's not Tony Elliott I mean we got receivers that are six five, six six, going out streaking down the sideline wide open and DJ's on his back foot throwing the ball mm-hmm. underthrown or way out of bounds and you know, I really don't think it's Tony. I think it's DJ's mentals right now and his his fundamentals is the biggest thing because he's going into the game thinking he's gotta be a big shot and yeah and just not getting the job done and you know, I, I mean, maybe it could be a little bit of play calling, maybe not giving the 50-50 on the sideline with, like, Justin Ross and then Gata. But, I mean, if there was anything that we're really missing is a slot receiver, such as mm-hmm. maybe putting Will Taylor at the slot and giving some slants to let him run free, possibly like Alabama does with their slot receivers. I mean, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I feel like there was a lot of talk, like, going into the season, you know, with, with Dabo saying it or just, you know, other talking heads and 
in sports media talking about how DJ is just going to slot right into this Clemson offense and perform pretty equally to what Trevor's done the last couple of years for y'all. Yep. So do you think there was like somewhat of like, you know, the shoes were too big to fill for DJ? I mean, he looked really good yep. in his few starts last year. Like against Notre Dame, he looked pretty good despite the loss. But he's coming to this year, and the struggles on offense have just been very apparent. So I mean, I think really what got Trevor going uh, when he was in that kind of like slump was that he had Chase Bryce right on his butt pushing him, and mm-hmm. he had the chance to maybe take his position whenever he made the comeback against who was I think it was Syracuse. Yeah, yeah, last yeah. Minute comeback. yeah, I think yeah. so. And I don't know. I felt like he kind of like pushed Trevor a little more to be mm-hmm. better. And right now. Kind of the, the coaching staff isn't giving really a push to him. He's kind of thinking like he's already got the job, and mm-hmm. it's kind of giving like a I don't know what the word would be, but some, like some not motivation, but yeah, but you know. he I don't know. I think right now the biggest thing is his fundamentals. You see when he's standing in the pocket, he's not moving his feet at all. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not using what his God given gifts were two hundred fifty pounds. Six mm-hmm. five. I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, and he can get up and move a little bit, so yeah, we think, and he hasn't really proved that at all this uh, year yeah. so far. Yeah, like something I've really noticed is that you know, like DJ, he's very physically gifted. You know, he's a huge quarterback. He's got an arm to him, but I feel like he just hasn't learned to really utilize it just yet. You know, yeah. like I mean, we were talking before the show. He's overthrowing stuff a lot. I, I mean, I was at the game. I was at the Georgia Tech game this past weekend. Or well, well, half of it before the lightning delay came in and yeah. wasted about two of my two hours of my day. But I mean, I was noticing like like left and right. You know. He'd have a throw down the sideline. He'd he'd throw it like when the wide receiver's like not open at all, has no separation. Mm-hmm. He, and, he, and even then, he'd throw it two yards over his head. It's like the decision making to him and even his accuracy just isn't to the level that I think Clemson needs right now. Yep. And luckily for Clemson, you know, a lot of other these top contenders are struggling. Like we've seen Ohio State struggle, and we know a lot of that from Chris. We've seen Oklahoma struggle. While they haven't lost yet, you know, they looked very vulnerable against Nebraska this past weekend. And Tulane first week, not to mention. Yeah, they, they had a, they had a scare against Tulane as well. Tulane could have had that, had that victory. So a lot of these games, you know, I mean, it's been a, a turn for this whole top 25 this year. I feel like, like what's like even the, like half of them have already lost, like the preseason top 25. Yeah. So luckily for Clemson, other teams are losing. So there's still somewhat of a shot for them to, to sneak into that top four by the end of the season. Obviously, they have to go undefeated, but... If their performances are, you know, beating Georgia Tech by six and only scoring two touchdowns in the whole game, yep. I don't think the committee or like yeah, committee is not going to move them up. They even moved, they moved down. The they moved down three spots this past exactly. week for winnings, and like that's they're they're definitely not going to make it if that's the performances yep. they keep putting I mean, in. If they put in a decent quarterback right now that can just deliver the balls to Justin Ross and Will Taylor, mm-hmm. and then got to just to make plays, then. Clemson's an easy top three team because their defense is outstanding. Oh, yeah, the defense has I mean, been great. I mean, well, and y'all got probably one of the top three wide receiver rooms in college got, football. You know, and now we got Will Shipley, just got his made his official start against Georgia mm-hmm. Tech. And honestly, he had a dominating run game. He, did, mean, pretty well. Well, he did pretty and, well. He did pretty like, well. Lynn J. Dixon's transferring, too, so yeah. he's got to take that. Yeah. And honestly, over that's probably for, for the best for him because. He hasn't done anything. He, he wasn't. Clemson. He, he didn't have much last. I mean, like in, like last game, he did, he didn't rush for very much. He had like mm-hmm. one catch for negative seven yards. He wasn't very effective. So I don't blame no. him too much for, for yeah. wanting to transfer out. Well, yeah. I mean, Lin Jay, I mean, to me, he was a decent backup to ETN last mm-hmm. year and he was complimentary, in previous yeah. years. Yeah, like he was very complimentary, kind of like probably what we're going to talk about with Pollard and Elliott uh-huh. uh, yeah, and a couple later <laughs> in the show. But I mean, you know, I think. Shipley definitely needs to get uh, into that system too, along with DJ, and uh, work together hopefully to give each other some complementary aspects in the in the backfield, yeah. so one can bail out the other in times of need. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, like, like Will Shipley, he had, a, he had a pretty good game. It was, like, what, like, 11 or how many carries he had, but he had, like, 80-something yards. He was very, yeah. pretty effective he, in the, in the it, ground game. It wasn't game. to the point of where, like, we were a straight running team, but he made it where we were able to open up the pass down the field for DJ, and yeah. DJ would ruin it with a bad pass, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's what I feel like that's what is going to have to happen for, yeah. for Clemson. They've got to they gotta get Will Shipley going. they got to mm-hmm. get that running game going because that's the best way to complement I mean, you, he's not a rookie quarterback with DJ, but you know, it's like the, his first year starting. He's still kind of he's kind of scrappy. He's got some kinks to work out, and you know, he's been inconsistent on a lot of these throws. And having a good ground game behind him can help, you know, take some of that pressure off his shoulders. It's like, oh, if you can't make it, don't worry. We'll do some play action. We'll get the run game going. Give you, mm-hmm. you know, get some easy throws. Because if you get the run game going, you can open the play action playbook, and then that usually would allow receivers to get a little bit more open because the defense is pressing more off of the run. Yeah. So I really but, wouldn't be surprised if we see Pumachan or Hunter Helm start this next game because, I mean, I feel like maybe not a start, but I feel like they're going to come in. Probably, they, need, they probably deserve to get some reps. Yeah. I mean, just to give DJ some backup when he needs it. I mean, if he keeps getting uh, getting tackled and stuff and the pocket keeps collapsing on him, I mean, he's going to get tired of that and someone's going to have to bail him out. So yeah. they deserve to get some reps. I mean, though. the biggest thing is his fundamentals. I mean, when I played quarterback in high school, like my coach would always harp on me is your transfer of weight, especially I mean, when he's at two fifty and six five, I mean, from what you can tell on film is he's using mostly upper body and that's why mm-hmm. he's just using nothing but arm strength and not his lower body and that's why the ball's either either way overthrown or way underthrown. Yeah. It's I mean well, I mean, thinking about, you know, having people come in for DJ to take some relief off his back, I mean, typically that happens with Clemson and the for a lot of their games in the ACC because, you know, they're blowing people out by 30. Mm-hmm. That's not happening this year. And Clemson's in a, in basically, you know, a must-win situation where it, one loss completely eliminates them. But even winning, it, and like, like we saw with Georgia Tech, even winning games isn't helping them. They have to dominate these games. And yep. for DJ to have, you know, people maybe come in and take some pressure off his back and then like you were saying with, you know, like Chase Bryce and Trevor, like maybe put some pressure back onto his back to then make him play better, you need to open up those open up those leads. I mean, if he keeps performing bad, they're obviously going to maybe make a change. I don't yeah. imagine they ever would because DJ's like, like you know, the chosen guy this year. I feel yeah. like Clemson's not just going to replace a guy midseason, I feel like. but Yeah, but it's either coming down to Tony Elliott or DJ, and a lot yeah. of people they're going to take Tony Elliott, so I feel like they're going to maybe probably throw DJ under the bus. We'll see how bad it gets. They're, they're... Well, if Tony Elliott does get chopped and y'all continue <laughs> to see bad play, I mean, it, it, it's gonna DJ happen. will go. Yeah, yeah. It, you, I'm sure you'll probably either see Pumachon in or Hunter Elms. Well, I mean, y'all are gonna have to do something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no yeah. and ifs or buts about yeah. it. I mean, yeah. y'all's fan base is expecting greatness, and so far this season, y'all haven't really gotten it. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, based off the legacy y'all have had since you know probably 2010, and whenever Dabo started uh, getting all these high recruit highly recruited players in I mean you just can't allow this sort of play but mm-hmm. I expect to see y'all pick it up I think yeah. y'all squeak back yeah. in the playoffs yeah, I think so too I, I can imagine you know like all these teams especially Clemson you know being as bad on offense as they've been for the entirety of the season and still undefeated and yeah the offensive yeah your offensive staff's too good to just allow that to happen yeah, you know it's I not believe, like I believe so it's gonna happen I mean even like Georgia Tech DJ was 18 for 25 126 yards no touchdowns no picks I mean, that's the stats you see Trevor put up in the first quarter, usually, yeah. like with like two touchdowns added onto that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, but, the completion percentage is there, though. It's less than 60, though. I mean, I mean 18 to 25 is not bad. For this game, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was atrocious versus Georgia, and then SE State, or yeah, SE State, he bounced back a little bit. 
But I would hope so. I mean, SC State's the pride <laughs> of Orangeburg right there. And a lot of people say, well, what happened to DJ back in Notre Dame? But, I mean, I was watching the film on Notre Dame, and I haven't been on the DJ hype at uh-huh. all since last year. I mean, I particularly didn't think he was that good I in know, that game. He has the same bad habits, staring down receivers. Then what was the game he – he had the Notre Dame game last year. What was the other one he BC. had? And that, he struggled in that one, didn't he? Or Clemson yeah, I, as a whole. Well, yeah, we're down for a while in that one, Yeah, I think he made a comeback. I think yeah. it was a, I don't know. Did Trevor get hurt or that was made... the first game he had COVID? I think right. Yeah, I think so. Okay, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he, he was out for two games because of COVID. Yeah, and I think like the fir- whole first half he played horrible. Yeah, and then we ended up making a comeback in that game. But yeah, you were down like I think you were down touchdown or so at halftime for that one. Yeah, he. But from what I've seen, he hasn't gotten any better. He has the same bad habits, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are watching old film and seeing how he plays this year, and they can really either blitz him, get pressure on him, and he doesn't move his feet at all, so he's just going to use upper body and make horrible decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Caleb, I'll ask you, you're going in this upcoming weekend. You're going on your first true road test of the season at, at the Wolfpack and NC State up there in North Carolina. They've come, they're having a similar season. They're 2-1 right now. They've dominated the two FCS schools they've had to face, and they struggled against, uh, I can't remember who they played week two, but they lost by like, like 14 or something. But how are you feeling going into that one on the first true road test, do you think? I think it depends on who they start. I mean, if DJ's in there, I think it's going to be the same as Georgia Tech, unless he's got something together. But I think on, I fully believe if Pumachon gets in on that, gets some reps and just makes some simple passes across the middle to Justin Ross, who's yeah. been open every single game. And if you if you look at the bird's eye view of receivers, there's people getting separation. It's not the receiver's fault. Like we had separation against Georgia and. I mean, there's like how many missed passes that are wide open. That could be game-changing. I mean, you can't blame it on Brandon Galloway at the end of the game for uh-huh. one drop pass. I mean, DJ couldn't deliver the ball at all during the game. Yeah. Y'all are y'all are favored by 10, but, I mean, North Carolina State's only loss was at Mississippi State. That's who it was. Which isn't a terrible loss, but, you know, it, it could be worse. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think I think y'all are going to have to mind y'all's P's and Q's this game for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we can talk about the one bright side, which has been your defense so far. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you, you held Georgia Tech to eight to eight points, which was kind of it was, yeah, the two fugos and the one weird safety thing that happened at the end of the game. But the offense, like, you know, only putting up 14 points, that's a big struggle, but the defense is keeping y'all in it. Mm-hmm. So, the DJ, I mean, with DJ playing like that, I think the defense... And yeah. the defense has stepped up, and that I mean, when Brent Venables has the talent to call plays, mm-hmm. it you it it shows because his defense looks outstanding. I mean, yeah. last year we kind of lacked a lot of people on defense, it's like a defense, a halfway decent defensive line. Yeah, and now that we have that defensive line, you can see Brent Venables really calling a lot of blitzes and playing how he likes to play. Yeah, I mean, y'all aren't y'all aren't letting Georgia Tech run on you at all last mm-hmm. week. I'd like. They were getting stuff to the line of scrimmage. I mean, even, Georgia Tech was even trying like runs on third and ten, and I was like, "They aren't going to make that." Yep. Like, what's the even? What's the point of it? Y'all are playing very well. Haven't even led up an offensive touchdown all season, I believe. Right? No, nope. still, it's still keeping that clean. Four, no touchdowns. Yeah, I know Brett Venables is like keen on keeping that because it's yeah. like that's like a serious deal. I mean, yep. you, even facing Georgia, you didn't allow a touchdown. Yeah, was, I see. I could see another shutout through NC State, but I mean, if you got your defense on the field the entire game, gonna it's going to be <laughs> yeah. very hard to do that. Yeah, I feel like you just can't win, you know, fourteen to eight every single week. Yeah. Your defense is going to get tired. Can. Yeah, and then there's going to be injuries coming along, and I mean, you saw when we were playing Georgia Tech, it was I felt like someone was going off the field every five plays because see, I didn't notice that. Up. I didn't see any of that. It was breezy. Got his like he hurt his collarbone for a second, and then yeah. At the very last play, Skowski's coming off the field, and 
I mean, you're just going to get banged up when you're on the field the entire time instead yeah. of going four and outs. Well, especially, yeah. I mean, those guys are freaking going all in every play, too, trying to rip people's heads off instead of, you know, I mean, which is their job. They're not supposed to just nip people's ankles. That's really annoying. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I mean, when you're putting in that full effort, stuff like that is going, bound to happen. Yeah, I mean, luckily, luckily for Clemson, though, you know, I, I think I think they're going to pull out the win in NC State. I, I couldn't really imagine them not. It'd be a very big shock if they didn't win this game, and you know, if they lost, that's completely putting them out of the measure for any kind of college football playoff. I mean, it could drop them. I don't even know how far they drop out in the rankings if they lose NC State, but it'd probably be about tw- around us twenty something. I, I feel like you know the, the committee is kind of right on the edge with them right now. They're like, we know you're kind of good, but you keep putting in these bad performances mm. and. One loss is going to trigger like a 14-point drop, I feel like. They're going to be yeah. like, all right, you lost to NC State. You're really not that good. Yeah, if they lose, they're definitely out of the playoffs. I mean, there's no – Oh, out of the yeah. playoffs, of course. No. Yeah. yeah. Then the argument comes, are they even a top-20 team Yeah, after, like, after that fact? But, I mean, luckily for you all, the ACC has decided to, you know, play all – like completely just demolish themselves this year. Mm-hmm. Florida State's off for their worst start in like yeah. 30 years. The only two undefeated teams remaining in the ACC is Boston College. And Wake Forest, which who would have guessed that one going into the season? Not I. No one. So the AC, the ACC. I mean, UNC's already lost. Duke lost like an FCS school or something stupid. Miami, Miami, Florida. They were ranked. Were they like ninth or something yeah, preseason? And, got and, and they've they've lost two games. They should have lost three to App State, but they barely squeaked by App State in yeah. week two. So they should be zero and three. So the whole ACC just decided this ain't their year. They're not playing. No. So that luckily keeps Clemson alive for the most part for an ACC title, at least yeah. for now. Yeah, at least for now. Hope I mean, if you, I feel like if UNC faced Clemson in like the ACC title, I'd maybe pick UNC at this very moment right I, now. I don't yeah, know. I would I'd by the end of the anymore. season, we can change that. But I'd maybe take take uh, Matt. I'd pick Notre Dame, UNC. I'd pick them yeah. all over. Clemson I mean, right now. Virginia Tech beat UNC first game, although that was one of the more electric atmospheres I've ever seen. Yeah, that, so. that was a crazy one. But I mean. Clemson's luckily got a pretty, I mean, like every year, they got a pretty decent ske- or easy schedule. You got NC State, then they're at home against Boston College. We'll see if they're still undefeated at that point. Syracuse, Pittsburgh, Florida State, who's 0-3. Louisville, who as a Kentucky fan just sucks anyway. Uh, they got UConn, who I think just scored their first touchdown in FBS play in like a, two years or something. Too many crits. It was something awful. They were playing like Navy or something, and they scored one. They blew it up like 60-7 to to Navy. Then you got Wake Forest, and then you got coming to Williams, Bryce, Carolina, finished the year. Maybe this is the year Carolina pulls it out. Who knows? Oh Lord, I hope not. I pray. I I don't like Clemson fans, but I pray for them that that does not happen. That's their national championship. I mean, yeah, Carolina fans they'll win one out of twenty against Clemson, and they will go crazy if they beat Clemson. So we'll have to see. We have about eight minutes left in the segment. So speaking of the Gamecocks, we'll jump into into my team coming up this weekend. I'm a Kentucky fan, if you didn't know. Nice. Uh, I don't know if Liam filled you on that one, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to the game this weekend in Williams Bryce. Lucky to go. And uh, I get to see my Wildcats take on the Gamecocks in Williams-Brice. Wildcats 3-0 this year so far. We came off a really close loss to Chattanooga just Chattanooga. now. I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was a pretty bad game, Liam. <laughs> but uh, we squeaked by 28-23. Yeah, uh, you were being awfully quiet in that group chat. I was hey, like, I, no, no, I'm not <laughs> overlooking this. No, sir. I knew you were. Yeah, I knew. It was like, what, 26-20? to 20? So. Uh, it was twenty eight twenty three to end the game, but uh, we were we were down at one point in the second half. So. <laughs> <laughs> our offense just—I mean, we had three turnovers by by Will Levis. He had two interceptions and a fumble loss. So we just we were, we just couldn't get the ball going. We we were struggling on third down and and App, I mean not App State Chattanooga wasn't doing much either. They just had like they scored an early touchdown on like one big play, and apart from that big play, they only had like twenty yards on offense for like the whole first quarter. Like our defense was shutting them down pretty well. It was just that. 
our offense ourselves couldn't move it, and we were settling for field goals. And then we were turning the ball over. Like, all of our turnovers came in our own, like, red zone. So Chattanooga would get the ball back and then immediately score, like, a, f- a cheap field goal or a Have touchdown. a short field. Yeah. yeah. So, like, they weren't putting any offensive drives together. We just kept gifting them yards and just gifting them field positions. So it was, it was, it was awful. But uh, Will Levis has called that game a wake-up call. So hopefully we're going into Williams-Brice. Um Pretty pretty hyped up to get to beat the Gamecocks and start four and zero for the first time. I guess since 20, 2018, maybe I don't know, but yeah, I could see it definitely happening. I mean, I pray for you that it does. I know that y'all like do win. The third straight week we've said like pray for Hayden because I'm gonna be at that game and game. <laughs> I got friends who are Gamecocks fans. I'm gonna be there in a Kentucky jersey. Um, so who knows how they're going to be after the game? Whether we win or lose, they might still attack me. Who knows? Who knows? See, most of the time, Carolina they go after a loss and then they just. They tumble down the hill. But, yeah, I mean, maybe Coach Boomer or Beamer. Beamer. It's Beamer. Yeah, yeah, Beamer. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe he's got them with hyped a different up. mindset. Yeah, they were pretty hyped after they won that week one game, like forty-eight to nothing against some FCS mm-hmm. lower third school or whatever. Yeah, which is bullcrap. And then almost <laughs> lost to East Carolina. And then, yeah, they should have lost to East Carolina. Though. To be fair, they did beat the over uh, for against Georgia. The spread was thirty-one. They only lost by twenty-seven. <laughs> What was the score of that game? It was like 30, 40 to 13. 40 to 13. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kentucky for for the Wildcats, we're in a, they're in a rare spot right now as a road team going into Williams Bryce. They're favored by four and a half points, five point favorites. They've won six of the last seven matchups against the Gamecocks, two of the last three that have been in Carolina. So we've got a good record going through it. But like I said with Will Levis earlier, our main factor this, this game is going to be over turnovers. We have a negative six turnover differential, which is one of the worst in the SEC. We turned it over three times against Chattanooga. The Missouri game two weeks ago when we when we, we squeaked by by a touchdown we had we should have been up like twenty one points yeah but we had a fourteen point swing at the end of the fourth quarter because Chris Rodriguez fumbled on the goal line and then Missouri took it down the whole field got touched on like a one minute drive so would have been up two touchdowns and it was like tied going into halftime or however it ended up working it's pretty bad so we'll have to de- they have to limit the mistakes on the SEC in a road game I mean yeah. even if it's South Carolina it could be Vanderbilt but if you're turning over on the road you're going to get punished for it in the SEC it doesn't matter. Um, so that's what Kentucky's really got to focus on. I mean, and it is an evening game there in Williams-Brice, yeah. which that crowd's going to be rowdy, which is going to play into Carolina's hands. A lot of day um, drinking. I'm, yeah, I'm a not, lot of day drinking. I'm not looking forward to this one, man. Dude. I'm happy to go for the game, but this atmosphere is going to be toxic. Uh, like, dude, all I, I pray to God our game against Carolina is like about a one thirty kickoff. Is it in Carolina too? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Talking fantastic. about Carolina, though, if you're looking at their schedule, I mean, really their only big game coming up November 6th is Florida. Well, I take the back. Texas A and M and Florida back yeah. to back. I could honestly see them pulling off between no way. Texas A and M, Florida, or Auburn, and maybe even Clemson. I could see them pulling off an upset, like just one, at least one. I mean, they beat us last year, like I said, for the yeah. first time in like eighty-seven years or something. So it can happen. Because I, I mean, what do y'all think about the new quarterback, the assistant coach? Nah, Is I he mean, playing this next this weekend or not? I thought I saw something about uh I I know uh they put in Luke Doty this past week and he did yeah. a lot better than that Zeb fella. Yeah, so Doty's in this, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I think he should be. I'd imagine. I I didn't th- I mean, we I t- hope the guy does good. I mean, that's an awesome I don't. story. <laughs> <laughs> what, Doty or Zeb Nolan? Uh, which one's the assistant? Zeb, Zeb Nolan. Zeb. Yeah, he's yeah. the one that played the first couple weeks. Yeah, I hope Zeb does good. That I mean, that was, that's a, that's a funny story. Maybe it'll be a little ESPN special one yeah. day. Yeah. Assistant Maybe coach. They probably will. They'll probably do a segment on it. 
I mean, the fact that there's literally articles saying should Dottie or Zeb Nolan be the QB1 going forward is just funny because it's like, like for a USC fan, it's like, dude, your coach is as good as your starting quarterback mm-hmm. y'all recruited. Like, seriously? Yeah. Uh, Zeb Nolan only threw or attempted two passes. I mean, granted, he had 61 yards, but uh, Luke Doty got a, definitely a, yeah. a lot heftier rep set. Yeah. This, I mean, this game's going to be entertaining. I expect the offenses to do very well. I mean, both defenses, though, have been spectacular so far. Kentucky's forced a lot of turnovers, so has, uh, so has South Carolina. The offenses have also been great. South Carolina, I think they're going to – I mean, with Doty coming in for his first, like, real, real start this year, I think they'll have to rely a lot on the run game. They've had some pretty good success so far. You know, uh, Juju McDowell, he's had 113 yards, almost five yards a carry. And then even better than that, uh, Zaquandre White, he's had 176 yards for 7.6 yards per carry so far this season. So, Is that South Carolina players? Yeah, South Carolina. Oh, I just want to say that uh, there were some South Carolina fans that told me Kevin Harris was the best running back in the nation coming into the season. And, well, shockingly, he's got a solid 64 yards. Well, he's coming off like back surgery I don't or something care. over the offseason. I don't care. So. No, people, this is what people were telling me. This, no, this is what people were telling me. People close to the matter, you know? And uh, yeah. so I just want to call out. That that bit of tomfoolery. Well, well, I'll tell you, the top running back so far in the SEC is a is a Kentucky guy. Chris Rodriguez leads leads the conference with rushing yards, and three hundred and seventy seven through through uh it's fine, dude. through three games. Auburn's we also got have... two guys better than him. I don't know. Chris Tank Rodriguez... Bigsby would absolutely take that guy's lunch. I'm so mad we don't play each other this year, Liam. Mm. So sad. I hope we. <laughs> I, they announced the schedule for next year. All I don't even did. know if we play y'all next year either. I hope we do because that would that would make a great show. We I looked need to at do a on set show an on at, at whatever uh, I, stadium it's. I at. looked at our schedule and I think I think Kentucky's had a fairly easy one for 2020. We only play like we play Florida week two, which is going to be a pretty fun game. But other than that, I think we maybe just play. I don't know, Georgia, and that's it. Like, we don't have, like, a third really good team. Like, we may got to play Ole Miss and Mississippi State, I guess. But other than that, it's not it's not too hard for us. But like I said, Chris nah. Rodriguez for – Our two East teams next year, Missouri, and then we always play Georgia, so Georgia. Well, what about the Florida-Alabama game? What did you all think about that? I mean, I thought it was pretty spectacular. I'll actually – we'll hold that. We'll get into that next one because we got to go into a quick break. But, yeah, we can definitely talk about Florida-Alabama. And Auburn-Penn State. And Auburn-Penn oh, State. Yeah. Liam, I'm sure you want to say some stuff about that. Please. But yeah, we're going to go into a quick break, guys, and we'll get back talking with those games. As always, if you don't follow us on social media, please follow us at OffTheBenchXLR. You can find all of our posts there when it comes to the show, whether it's updates on showtimes, updates on when the podcasts are released, video clips, quotes, game picks that we'll get into later the show. All the fun stuff can be found on our social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. You can look us up at Off the Bench XLR, or just go to our Instagram, click on the Linktree bio, Linktree link in our bio, and you can find all the links to all our social media pages there. Again, that is at Off the Bench XLR. You can find us there. But guys, listen to this one song. We'll be right back with some more college football. We are back here on Off the Bench. My name is Han Joyner, joined with Liam Worley and Caleb Sheldon here on the show. Guys, we left off talking some college football, but we're going to get a little bit back into it. Alabama-Florida happened this past weekend, and uh, Alabama looked pretty dominant in the first half, leading 21-3, I believe, after halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got outscored 26-10 to to finish off the game, and it came down to a really close one. But Alabama pulled out the win 31-29 to in Gainesville against the Florida Gators. How are y'all thinking of this game? Did you think? I mean, we kind of talked beforehand if we thought – Florida had a chance, and it all came down to what quarterback they were going to play. But uh, Anthony Richardson didn't play in the game. He was out for the game. And so Emory Jones played most of the game. And he struggled in the first half, threw a couple interceptions, but uh, he bounced back big time for the comeback. What did you all think of the game so far? You go ahead. Um, I think 
I think Alabama just showed that they're very beatable, and mm-hmm. they're yeah. not. I mean, they showed that they do have a kryptonite, and I think right now what they're lacking is a Najee Harris and a run game. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Bryce Young, dude's a beast. Alabama always has a beast of an O line, but I just don't think the running game's there for them as it was in previous years. And the their running back's not bad at all, but I mean, I feel like if there was a dominating factor, it would be the run game and. Mm-hmm. Their defense have showed some weak spots to maybe the spread. Yeah. but Yeah, uh, I agree with them. I mean, it does show that Alabama is pretty beatable. But, uh, I mean, Florida did the opposite of what I said they needed to do. I said oh. they needed to get it off to a uh, to a quick start, get some momentum <laughs> rolling, and try to carry that momentum uh, through the second half. And, well, they had no momentum going into yeah. halftime and then came out of halftime of a totally different team. I mean, Chris said they had no chance, and uh, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure your boy Scooter. Uh, no, he was hyped. I'm sure he was, man. <laughs> he said it was one of like the top five best games he ever went to. Really, they lost. That's yeah. uh, that's cool. I'm glad that uh, at least he had a good time. Especially, well, <laughs> never mind, never mind. He's a Florida fan and was in Florida. I know Florida's treacherous for other fans to go to, <laughs> but uh, I mean, you know, it was it gives Florida probably a little bit of hope uh, with their remaining tough games like. Mm-hmm. Georgia and I don't I don't know if they play anybody else I hard. I can't think of their schedule. I'll tell I you. I mean they'll play you. Yeah, they play us in a couple of weeks. That'll be. I don't even know how that's South Carolina, Missouri, Vanderbilt, Tennessee. Yeah, this was their that's their last ranked team. They or no, they do play Georgia. Besides that, they don't play any other ranked teams. Yeah, so that, they should be they should be good except for that Georgia game. I mean, which should give them a little hope to go mm-hmm. into the SEC championship game and. Who knows if they play Alabama again? I mean, usually when two teams play each other in the same year, one wins and uh, the other one wins the second game. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've seen personally. But uh, I don't know. It, it gives both teams something to work with. Uh, Alabama, I'm sure Nick Saban was not happy with their performance. He'll uh, he'll light a fire under the butts of his players. And then Florida, I mean, yeah, it was a tough loss to a good Alabama team. But, I mean, they – I think it'll mm-hmm. give them some motivation to keep uh, keep playing well and try to make a New Year's Six game. Yeah, I wouldn't be very surprised if Florida mm-hmm. does sneak into the playoffs. I mean, they got to play Alabama for the SEC championship. But yeah, I mean, if they beat Georgia and then play nope, Alabama again at a neutral yeah. site, mm-hmm. I think I think they could do it. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean that's that's their path to it because right now you know they're they obviously got to win the East with Georgia in it. So their path to that is, you know, beating Georgia when they play them in a couple weeks and a month or so, beating them, getting the SEC championship, and then putting in a, value, a valiant effort against Alabama. I mean, if they lose again to Alabama, I couldn't see them making it in. Nah, they'd have, I mean, they'd have to win because then they'd be a two-loss team. I mean, but if, you, if, you're, if you're a two-loss team with two losses to Alabama. It's not I, impossible for a two-loss team to get in, yet we still haven't seen it. I mean, it, dep- it, de- I mean, it really depends if Oregon stays undefeated, if Oklahoma cannot screw up. If, if, you the know, best if, chance if, of a two-loss team ever going was us, and yeah. that's when we beat back-to-back number ones and then lost to Georgia the second time we played them. Yeah, I remember that. One, yeah. How, what, what year was that? That was recent, wasn't it? Hmm, that was Bo's freshman year. Was that nineteen? No, it may. It was. I think it was the year before that, maybe. So nineteen or eighteen? It was eighteen or nineteen. Okay, yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. That's what Florida's. That's Florida's message. If they get past Georgia in a couple weeks, and then they can, you know, 
put a good effort, maybe beat Alabama. I mean, they had the tools to it. They outscored them 26 to 10 in the second half. So they, they know what they're doing. What they, like, they have a game plan for it. And even so, I feel like Florida didn't play to their full potential. You had Anthony Richardson out. You had AR-15. He wasn't you in the game. You think they did? No, I, I agree. I don't oh. think they played to the like full they have, potential. They have more to give. I mean, if, if, if you're looking at, at the game. I feel like if those five more minutes on the clock, then mm-hmm. Florida pulls out the win. Really? Possibly. I mean, yeah. Emory, Emory Jones didn't play the great. He, he tacked on a rushing guard to complement his less – Less than superb uh, passing game, and then again, AR fifteen wasn't in the game, and he can add a dynamic, a dynamic to that offense that you know a lot of teams just haven't been able to stop so far. And so, if he can get back healthy for an Alabama rematch, if that comes at the SEC championship game, I feel like Florida could actually put Alabama on their toes for it. Their defense showed that they so were a little too. weak at the end of the game, and uh, they'll, they'll have a shot with it. The receivers are receivers are okay. The rushing game is pretty good for Florida, and uh, it'll be a neutral side game away from uh, from from Alabama so we'll see we'll see we'll see definitely man it's yeah. going to determine if Cincinnati a team like Cincinnati goes undefeated <laughs> if they're able to get in the playoffs yeah. because I don't know I feel like there's been so many years where like UCF Cincinnati and all yeah. these little bit smaller schools haven't been getting in and they, just, they don't like them man they don't uh, like them <laughs> yeah we gotta wait till that eight that, that 18 playoff comes yeah. into play eventually yeah or when I, I don't know if they're doing eight or six whatever their plans for that but I, mean, I think we talked about it a week or so ago, Liam, with, with Cincinnati. We, we touched on it, whether they go undefeated, those, you know, those, those other five conferences and, and FBS, whether you can get an undefeated team in. It's just, I mean, we, you saw with UCF, they won everything and they didn't get in. So Yeah, well, I think we're down to already 12 teams that can get into it. And to me, Cincinnati does fall in that category. What, 12 teams? Uh, the top 12. I mean, I think, you know, I definitely think they should be rearranged. I don't think. Uh, all these teams are as good as their ranks uh-huh. protrude them, but I mean, Bama, Georgia, Oregon, Oklahoma, Iowa, Penn State, A and M, Cincinnati, Clemson, Ohio State, Florida, Notre Dame. Yeah, I think all of those teams have realistic chances to get in uh, to the playoff. Yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of them are going to get eliminated by each other, but that's how mm-hmm. football works. I mean, Iowa. Chris said. He thinks Iowa's the best team in the Big Ten currently. Mm-hmm. I mean, Penn State's coming off a big win against us. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Ohio State, I think they'll get their ducks in a row at some point along with Clemson. I, I think mean, Clemson's best shot right now is Georgia absolutely dominating the rest of the season Yeah. and showing how well they put up against Georgia. I know it's first week, but... No, I I mean, I agree with yeah, you. Because I agree. they showed that their defense is the real deal. Yeah. And you, you, you take Georgia and they go there and smack Florida around... And and then go and smack Alabama. You got Clemson in the top four, easy. especially as long as they I mean, win out. Yeah, I mean y'all have to win out. I mean that's the thing with Ohio State and Florida too. I mean they're already one. Y'all are all one loss teams, but I mean y'all have strong enough schedules, and there are routes in the playoff y'all could get. Mm-hmm. And I mean Notre Dame's a twelve seed. I mean they're three and zero, but I on it. I mean if they win out or even have one loss, I think they get in. I mean, if Kentucky wins out, they get in. <laughs> you can I don't see Notre Dame winning. You can make out. that argument with a lot. I, I don't. I'll never I trust either, Notre Dame. But no. I mean, even when they get in the playoffs, they lose by forty in the first exactly. match. I mean, Ole Miss, Arkansas, BYU, Michigan, Michigan State, Kentucky, UCLA. I mean, they're all still undefeated teams that you know could get in, but I don't really count well, yeah. them. I mean, as, every undefeated team has the ability I ca- to. I don't. Ca- I don't consider them. As, oh no, I don't. Kentucky's not as contenders. No, I'm. I'm just saying, but like you know, it could happen. I mean, it's, so far it seems like it's been one of those years to where you know, 
college football is kind of going crazy and there's not a whole lot of stability with these big teams that we've seen in the past. Yeah. I mean, Kentucky plays, I think it's three straight to go LSU, Georgia, Florida, or in some order. So we, Welcome we to sweep, the SEC West, bro. You sweep that Six Bowl, I don't know. Hey, if we, I, I said at the beginning of the year, if we can pull out one of those three wins, I'll be happy. I mean, that's all. That's the, that's how I that, usually feel, man. That's that's our ceiling. I mean, barring something absolutely incredible, you know, winning two or three of those three, getting one, I'd assume probably gets Florida or LSU is going to be our best bet. Well, I think LSU looks shaky anyway. Yeah, I think we could we could pull LSU. We don't. I don't. We don't get Old Miss this year. I don't believe so. Or any Ooh, of those. How about Matt Corral? He's, he's pretty good at football. He's I'd be worried good. about him. He's if pretty I good at football. People think they might make the playoffs. Cap. I don't think so. I, don't I mean, think. they still have. I mean, they probably will beat us. Mm. And I mean, they still have to play Bama. Yeah. And, they got an electrifying yeah. offense. Are they undefeated right now? Or are they lost one? I don't think they're undefeated. Uh, Ole Miss undefeated. Okay. But yeah. I don't think they have a defense, though. No, probably not. And I mean, air raid. Arkansas, yep. like I said, you know. They're, they're sneaky good. They're, they're sneaky. sneaky. I told you, I said that before the season even started. They beat up Texas real bad. And here we are, 3-0, yeah. ranked like 16th. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Did you want to touch on the Penn State-Auburn game, Liam? Uh, just just a little just a little nit here, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know. We'll let you do that. We can get into NFL after. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, I was a little... I had a lot going on Saturday, but uh, I, I did watch my, a good share of good share of the game, and fortunately for Auburn, Sean Clifford had like his best game ever, and all that jazz. And I mean, I don't think we deserved to win that game. We mm-hmm. kept giving ourselves chances, and we kept letting those chances slip right through our fingers, and that probably happened five times. <laughs> I mean, realistically, we could have won by twenty, but we ended up losing by eight. So, I mean, and at the end of the game. There was just a stupid offensive pass interference on us. Bo Nix on the last play of the game. We only had like 22 yards. You know, that's yeah, that's no, no Hail Mary. I mean, and he threw it terribly. I think it got picked. I mean, it was, it was I just. I couldn't tell you. I, I can't remember even. I was pissed off from multiple uh, things happening in that game and then the NASCAR race. So, yeah, that's about my two cents on it. You know, hopefully we'll uh, be able to rebound against freaking three or four of these ranked teams we have left to play yeah it was a bad weekend for you wasn't it it was i mean i was at the drag race which was very enjoyable but uh i mean besides the indycar race uh nothing came out for me yeah favorably. you got you got hurt to win in that race that yeah so little... i had to i had to rep his oh yeah i'm wearing his teeth i didn't even yeah. see that and yeah. hat man we're yeah, doing and, it we're and going the, big the one in four in game picks didn't help either did it no, that's what really set me <laughs> off. And then, thankfully, I was able to... Get the Ravens at the end. Well, I mean, I got that at the end. But thankfully, Monday, Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams, like, both balled yeah. to where I could beat Chris's dad. I had 18%. Yeah, you and me are the comebacks on Chris's dad. I had an 18% dad, chance of winning Monday and then ended up winning. So I had a, that was good. I had a 1% chance going in on Monday in week one to win fantasy. Darren Waller saved me. Put up, like, 26. Put 100 yards and touchdown. Whew. I guess I think that went by, but uh, then I just lost to Matthew this week. <laughs> put up 76 points in fantasy. Matt doesn't even care about that league. In a six-man league, how do you put up 17 points? I mean, I got... 76. 76, what did I say, 16? Yeah. <laughs> how do you put up 76? I literally have... Who do I have in the league? I have Dak Prescott. I have Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, um, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins. You have then, a like, bunch Darren of good players, Waller. and they all just played garbage. They, yeah, it's like, how... how I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, we'll jump into the NFL now. We got about 20 minutes left in this segment before we go in. So we're jumping into the NFL now. Big headlines going into week two, or well, after week two, really, was all the injuries coming from quarterbacks. We saw Carson Wentz go down with two sprained ankles. 
We saw Andy Dalton go down with the injury that he came back in the game for, but now he's they've already said Justin Fields is starting week week three for the Bears as well. Tyrod Taylor out for a long time now for the Texans. And then also, you know, Baker Mayfield popped his shoulder out and he got that pop back in and got back in the game. So injuries were hitting quarterbacks left and right. So touching on these for a little bit, I mean, first off, the biggest one is Andy Dalton hurting his knee, which isn't that big a deal. It was just like a I think it was like a bone bruise or something. It wasn't isn't too bad, but it means that Justin Fields has been confirmed as the starter for week three for the Bears. How do we feel like he's gonna go in for this game? He didn't have the most stick spectacular performance against the Bengals when he came in for a few drives but how are we thinking Justin Fields is going to do in week in week three so far who are they playing oh the Browns mm. yeah playing the Browns mm. I mean the Browns have a decent uh decent defense mm-hmm. so I mean it's going to be a good first true test for him in the NFL man I mean getting his first start in Cleveland which you know they're finally getting some uh, momentum as a program and you know fans are finally like you know excited to go to Cleveland games yeah. instead of just showing up to be there showing up in paper bags over yeah. Their heads, yeah yeah just to have something to do on a Sunday afternoon so uh, I mean I think that's going to be a tough atmosphere uh, for him to go in and have uh, have a good game and I mean I said it two shows ago I believe I mean I think mm-hmm. he needs another good receiver and then a steady running back uh, behind him to where, you know, he can count on those people instead of just having to do everything by himself and just find Allen Robinson or run for run for it himself. I don't mm-hmm. think that's going to be a way to have a sustainable career uh, in the NFL for him. So hopefully he can, uh, he can do something uh, this week, but I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think they're going to win that ball game. I think he might have like a... A small debut, a debut. What? How do you say debut. it? Debut. Debut. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I mean, I think I see a close loss coming, and they might get him on the hype train, and then it's going to be crashing the next week. Oh, I no. think I think that's, that's a fair assessment goes. generally. I, I thought, really do. I thought of putting it in game picks, and I decided not to. But I, I think he'll he'll be okay. What What is funny is that Mac Nagy he announced that Justin Fields was a starter, but he also said that Andy Dalton will be the starter when he's healthy. Like, which like, I think is. You can't judge that yet. I mean, let Justin do his thing. Give him some confidence to go out there yeah. and want that starting job more. Yeah. I mean, say, like, you know, it's contestable when Andy mm-hmm. Dalton gets back instead of like, oh, yeah, Andy Dalton, you know, he's old as heck, but when he's healthy, we're going to start him anyway. Like, I think part of it is you want to keep Andy Dalton, you know, you don't want to make him just – I mean, I want to say like get down to the dumps, but you got to keep him somewhat he positive. He's not in. a starting quarterback. He I don't think. He, I don't. I don't think. I think the Justin Fields should start. But what it, what what Matt Nagy does in this situation is that if Fields, I mean, if Fields does ball out and he beats the Browns and whoever they play in Week Four and he's playing phenomenal, you, I mean, even though you said Dalton's a starter, that can maybe at least allow for an assessment between the two in a few weeks when Dalton's back. Like you can then, you know. He's like, all right, maybe start Fields, maybe start Dalton. I don't know. I mean, but, next week he plays the Lions at home, which I think will be a good game for him. Yeah. And then, I mean, he's got a few tough games after that with the, at uh, Las Vegas versus Green Bay and then at Tampa Bay. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, he's got an easy run somewhat. But with Justin Fields doing this, like, if he's going to go into the starting role, instead of being like, I mean, I think internally he's going to be like, I'm playing for the starting job now. Like, obviously, that, that, he's a competitor. That's what he's going to do. He's going to ball out to the best of his ability to snag that starting job from Andy Dalton. What it was, it does do is somewhat put some pressure off his back. Like, hey, you're not going to be the starter for the whole season necessarily, so maybe just take this as a trial run, play a week or two, do as best as you can, and then we'll either assess later or we'll make you the full-time starter. We'll see what happens. I don't imagine. 
I mean, we see this. I feel like we see this every year where there's like the rookie quarterback that's next up, the older guys playing. He gets hurt. The rookie comes in, balls out. They always say it's you know, bound the, to happen. It happens every year. Like it's happened yeah. with Carson Wentz before. It's happened with Tyrod Taylor like multiple times. This happens all the time. So I think Justin Fields is good. A, a future franchise plan. Yeah. Maybe starting Andy Dalton not being as good as all the other teams in the league and then getting higher picks and maybe getting him some weapons. Maybe they got a plan for him because from what I've seen when he was playing, the man was getting sacked left and right. And maybe that's what Trev's doing down there in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, so. no, no. We don't have to get into that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Field so far this season, he's 8 for 15, 70 pass yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, but he tacked on 34 rushing yards and a touchdown in his plays so far this season. You know, he's come in a couple times in week one, and then he had their – a couple drives in week two, so we'll see what he does. I mean, I mean, he didn't look that spectacular against the Bengals I touched on, but he wasn't taking the first team reps all practice for that week. He's going to be getting the first team reps this week in preparation for Cleveland. So they'll formulate a game plan around him, whether it's a lot of bootlegs, play actions, some design runs for him, whatever comes to play for the Bears. They'll they'll get a game plan going for him. I don't think they're going to win against the Browns. I think it's going to be maybe not a, like slaughter, but I think the Browns will win by double digits. Yeah. Would, I think it's, it'll be a game to adjust Justin Fields to like the actual regular season play of the NFL for a consistent amount of period, not just a couple drives or a play or so. So well, I mean that's what he needs, and I mean I don't know what Andy Dalton's uh, injury so, timeline looks like, but I mean yeah. I think no matter what, if Andy Dalton's ready next week, I'd say let Justin play against the Lions too. That way, if Andy gets re-injured against one of these good teams they have in the next four weeks after that, mm-hmm. that uh, Justin will have enough experience to go in there and potentially you know, win one or two of those games. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, another quarterback that got hurt, Carson Wentz sprained both his ankles in the Colts' loss to the Rams on Sunday as well. Both ankles, I feel like that doesn't happen Carson very Carson Wentz is, needs to take Andrew Luck's route and retire early because he gets injured all the time. Well, yeah, but that's why I wanted to touch on. I mean, he, he was playing okay, 20 for 31, 247 yards, touchdown and an interception for the day before he got injured. But what are we thinking about with Wentz? Obviously, I was I mean, y'all were, I was pretty high on him coming into the season. I thought him with Frank Wright in the Indianapolis you did. You offense. You were very be, high on them. I thought they would be pretty good. Um, they haven't been – I mean, they, they held their own against the Rams for a while. They should have won that game, honestly. Jonathan Taylor – didn't score with like four attempts on the re- on the goal line, and they settled for a field. Or no, no, I, no. I don't remember. They had like they were on like the three yard line. They couldn't get the ball in on the run game, and they turned over on downs, four downs. They got back down again, and then they did a little weird shovel pass thing. They got picked off. Mm. However, a shovel pass gets picked off. That happened. happened so they missed out on two us. touchdowns. They could have won against the against the Rams, and that would have put yeah. them a little bit higher on my totem pole. But uh, now with Wentz out, and then you know some some situation play calling that was pretty you know questionable at best put them further down but Carson Wentz has had the injury history so far we've obviously seen it back in 2017 where he hurt or tore his ACL and MCL that's the year Nick Foles led him to a Super Bowl next year he hurts a vertebrae in his back missed the end of that season then Nick Foles let him on a playoff run again then he got a concussion in 2020 now this year he has the foot problems preseason and sprained both his ankles so with Carson Wentz I don't know what his timetable is sprains aren't that bad coach Frank Wright even said that he'll play on the ankles if it's necessary but they haven't announced a starter next week for the Titans game, but it's either Wentz or Jacob Eason, and uh, Eason did not look very good when he played for the driver so against the Rams. Eason's not good. I mean, I would start Brett Hundley before I would. He was he the, he was on the Packers, right? He yeah. Was that dude. Yeah. yeah, and then I think you may have he was with went the Browns. To, yeah, the Browns went, and the Packers. Uh, maybe even another team in there, but I I would you know yeah. give him a few reps during I, th- these I think he might I think he might if they have to play him I don't know I, again I don't know what the timetable for Wentz is if he's going to start or not but Jacob Eason came into Phil and Wentz he threw an interception like his second throw so he doesn't look like a very solid candidate for that backup position 
if I mean, they're looking to win games. Like, like this is a struggle if Wentz isn't playing. I mean, to be fair, though, Wentz's best receiver, T.Y. Hilton's been on the IR for yeah. a while, too, which... Michael Pittman's looked pretty good this year. I but. mean, you know, he's T.Y. Yeah. Hilton's a experienced player in the league, and, you know, he's done great in his tenure there in Indianapolis. He's getting so. old, though. He yeah. is. He's they, starting to get a little washed. Yeah, they just, don't, they just don't have the weapons. I mean, their best offensive player is Quentin Nelson, left guard. So they, that's about that's about the highlight of them so far. Running back with Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, and uh, Marlon Mack. They're a good committee, um, but you know, know. They, they didn't show out against the Rams. But, I mean, you're playing against Aaron Donald, so how, how great are you going to do in the run game? But That's fair. Yeah, with Wentz. It was just speculation. And then was it you or was it – it was, no, it was, it was, I had a high school friend joking me about the Texan situation with Tyrod Taylor. He basically said that uh, the new quarterback, uh, Davis Mills, their backup, is now going to be a Hall of Famer because we all know the history with Tyrod Taylor going to a team and then getting hurt. He was the one that allowed Josh Allen to start. He allowed Baker Mayfield to start and Justin Herbert to start because he was the starter and then got injured in all three of those situations. I mean, I'm not going to say <laughs> any of those guys are Hall of Famers so far. But well, like solid they've all, shown Famers, po- but they've all shown potential. Solid quarterbacks in the league. So now the newest member of that club is Davis Mills for the Texans, who isn't like a top-round draft pick or <laughs> had, anything. But maybe he's up, a future really good guy. I had to look up where he went. I thought he was you know, one of those guys that maybe came out of one of the Texas schools like TCU or Texas Tech. Where's he, where's he from? Stanford. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I don't remember. They used to be a good football school. Yeah, I back mean, with McCaffrey and going to some Rose Bowl. What happened to Stanford? Though? Andrew Luck. I don't know. They're forgettable now. I yeah, liked. I, don't even remember them I liked their coach. I mean, I don't know if he's still there. And then they had good quarterbacks and great running backs coming out mm-hmm. of there for several years. But I don't, I don't think they get any airtime anymore. <laughs> I, I don't remember last time I saw Stanford. They might game. at 11 p.m. East Coast, but I mean. Uh, all yeah. the SEC games are done by that point in the day, so we're all done watching football. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I'm, I'm going to jump to this one. We're going to go a little off schedule here, but the Packers on Monday night, another storyline we came up to, the Packers Sunday night beat the Lions 35-7, to and the reason we're talking about this one is because they had the awful performance against the Saints week one, right? We also happened there. We were talking on the show about if Aaron Rodgers was just throwing because he hates the Packers so much and didn't really want to be there. But he obviously came back on a huge high against the Lions. I mean, it's Lions defense. But Jared Goff and them, took, they were taking it to him in the first half. It was like 21-21 or something, or 14-14 to the first half. They were, they were matching him with Jared Goff in the, in the Lions offense. But Rodgers, 22 for 27, 255 yards, four touchdowns. Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Liam, they saved your butt on yes, Monday sir. night in fantasy. Yes, sir. Biggest question so far, are the Packers back? Like, we saw the bad performance. We saw everyone was questioning if they were actually a legit football team over the first couple weeks because they were playing that bad. But are the Packers back to winning ways so far after this Lions win? I think so. I think they're a solid team. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, part of it's my, my fantasy bias, but <laughs> the other part of it is, I mean, you know, I still don't think Aaron Rodgers' heart is currently in Green Bay, I, but I Jeopardy, think it's the Jeopardy studio, right? Yeah. That's where State Farm commercials. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe with Drake from State Farm, but, uh, you know, maybe maybe he's starting to work back to it. I mean, but 22 of 27 for 255 and four touchdowns, that's freaking dang respectable right yeah, there. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, no, I think people just jumped on him a little too early. Well, I still can't figure out what even happened against the Saints. I couldn't. Well, I mean, his offseason was whack. I mean, we yeah. were talking about him, you know, right before school ended, and then over the summer, it went, everything went quiet. He was in Hawaii or vacationing like the whole time. Yeah. Skipping training camp. Like, yeah, so we don't know what happened with that, but maybe you know, a little pressure from Brady. I don't know. <laughs> He's like, oh, Brady's, Brady's winning again. Dang it. Got to get back in, yeah. get back in the saddle. Can't lose him again. Could be true, man, but here we are uh, talking about him after week two. You know, seeing if he's back, which is, I think he's, I think he's back. Yeah, I thought, 
hey, I think the league's better if he's good. I mean, I I, he's in the NFC, so I'd rather I'd rather the Packers be bad. Takes one less competitor off for my Cowboys. But. I mean, he's a pretty he's a pretty funny fella, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know he's got a reputable. Uh, I'll just say he's got a good reputation up yeah, there in yeah. Green Bay. So hopefully uh, he can straighten the rest of the things out with that management over there in Green Bay, and mm-hmm. hopefully we'll see him uh, continue to thrive both on and off the field up there. Yeah, he's got another, he another primetime spot this upcoming weekend. They play the 49ers in San Francisco on Sunday Night Football. Rodgers is not the best career-wise against the 49ers, but we'll get into more of that in game picks uh, in a little bit. But he hasn't. He, he's like 6-7 for seven, or 6-7 and seven against the Niners. He's 0-3 in the playoffs versus them. Didn't think that was true when I saw the stat, but it, it checks out. So. Well, I mean, that's easy. You know, he's out there from California, so, you know, it's always a little wacky going back home and having to deal with people that you know that are from there that, you know, more than likely are 49ers fans. Mm-hmm. They're in your ear, and, you know, I'm sure San Francisco's not the, not the best stadium to go play in. Yeah. So... Let's uh, I, I, we have a few minutes left. We have like what, like six, seven. But uh, you mentioned Trevor a second ago. What are we thinking of him so far? I know you probably uh, you probably have some uh, some solid thoughts of his performance so far. And Chris also does as a Jaguars fan, but he's probably not here. But Trevor's performances haven't looked the best so far. No. I guess. I mean, you can only play so good when your team's so bad. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is true. It's a very I mean, true point. I mean. You can only do so much, I mean, as a quarterback. I mean, I know you're getting the ball every play, but, I mean, I saw a lot of drop passes from some highlights I was watching, and he's got nobody to throw to, no run game, offensive line terrible, defense terrible. I mean, it's just it's the Jaguars for crying out loud. They had the number one pick for a reason, and they picked a quarterback. I mean, for a while there, we thought he was going to go to the Jets. I think like the whole season because the Jets were the worst team. I mean, they're, okay, yeah. I take that back. There's, there's <laughs> is there worst team? Jaguar, there's the Jaguars, and then under the table, there's the Jets. Yeah, I mean, I would rather him be in Jacksonville still than yeah, up there in New weather. York. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen uh, Zach Wilson. He's, I mean, he threw like what four interceptions against the Patriots yep. this past weekend. It was pretty bad. I mean, you saw what Sam Darnold did when he goes to the yeah. Panthers he's and he's two and zero now. I mean, yeah. Sam Darnold hasn't been you know a top. You know, he hasn't been a top ten quarterback in the league over his two, last two performances with the Panthers. Yeah, but I but can imagine Zach Wilson's a lot better than Sam Darnold. You think? I think really. So. I, I I I mean, I thought Zach is. Wilson was good in college, but uh, I think if you get Zach Wilson on a team like the Cardinals, as how like Kyler Murray's playing, yeah, and then he's going to show out, really. Because hmm. I mean, I can see that becoming true. Because I mean, if you get him some threats to throw to, and he can move around in the pocket. Well, I think that's all these all these young guys that are getting in the league. And, I mean, we had five go in the first round. First, uh, like, 12 picks or yeah. first 16 picks. And, I mean, none of them particularly have great things to work with, which is yeah. just, you No know, one's really shown out so far yet. Yeah, I mean, it's not optimal. And, I mean, we were saying that, you know, probably one or two of them would go ahead and submit themselves as starting quarterbacks for the rest of their careers this mm-hmm. year, but we haven't really seen that except for maybe Mac Jones. Yeah, but, Mac Jones yeah. does look really good. I'm, he looks consistent. I, I think he's I mean, looking yeah, he really looks good consistent, for, but for, he still needs more pieces just like all does. the rest yeah. of them yeah. do. Well, I mean, we're in, I'm interested to see how, how Fields does with, with the pieces in, in Chicago. I mean, they got Allen Robinson. They got David Montgomery. They got uh, Daryl Mooney, who's shown a little bit of glimpses so far this season. Tariq Cohen as well. He's got some pieces there. Whenever uh, Trey Lance starts for the 49ers, I think it's also going to be really good because they're they just the scheme there with Kyle Shanahan is just so great. They'll work him in well. Don't know when he'll ever start over Garoppolo, though, because Garoppolo's played pretty well so far this past two games. But those two are the only wild cards so far because we haven't really seen him play it yet. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if I was Trevor, I'd probably lay low 
and then request a trade. <laughs> they request request a trade. Well, I mean, yeah. he's thrown four touchdowns, five interceptions, 450 yards on 42 completions, which, you know, the four touchdowns and 450 yards through two games isn't isn't bad. I mean, I mean definitely what, needs to clean up. Yeah. His, no, what is bad is the 50% completion percentage and a yeah. 25.0 QBR, yeah. which has to be was it 30, I mean, 31st in the league? I mean, you could put any back, anybody back there, and it's going to be that. I mean, I mean, yeah. There's I don't unless you can't blame Trevor. Unless you you're a top ten Zach quarterback Wilson. all time, you're not going to be able to carry that team <laughs> yeah, on your own. And you're probably not. Your stats probably aren't going to look that do you, good. Do, no. Do you think they should have kept Minshew to have like as a threat to Trevor? I so. I, I mean, we talked about it. I yeah. definitely yeah. think so. Because yeah. now he's sitting third string behind Flacco and Hurts at Philly, with just collecting yeah. dust. Which I mean, Jalen seems like he's the real deal this year so far. But Joe like Flacco's. Yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, pretty yeah. I bad. think I think Minshew should have stayed. I mean, I think he's a. I don't know if he's a starter, but I think he's a really good backup quarterback. Uh-huh. I mean, when someone gets hurt, you, you can put him in there, and he's a franchise guy. He's going to get the job done yeah, from what it needs to be. To, from what needs to be done. I mean, I don't see him being a star at any point. But I mean, he's in my opinion better than their backup now, C.J. Bathard. I mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a few solid games out there in San Fran, but he's not the real deal either. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 just interested to see whenever Trey Lance starts and Justin Fields' performance is an upcoming week, and we'll probably talk about it next week whether it's good or bad. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, yeah, these rookie quarterbacks they haven't been in the best situation so far this year. I mean, no. Besides Trey Lance, I guess with the 49ers, that's the best situation I think you well, can. I mean, he's in, getting but... to learn. I mean, Jimmy G, you know, he's been through the freaking motions uh, yeah. in his quarterback career, and I mean. They have a few pieces to work with, and Kyle Shanahan's a freaking guru, so mm-hmm. he's getting to learn under him too, which is good for him. Yeah, that offense will be fun whenever Trey Lance takes over yeah. this year or next year, whatever happens. But we're going to another quick break. When we get back, we got a game of contenders and pretenders to play, yes, and then sir. we also got game picks to round out the show. So stay tuned for that, guys. Again, if you're not following us on social media, follow us there at XLR Off the Bench. And if you're not able to catch the whole show, you missed some of the previous, or you, you're going to miss the rest of it. Check us out on the podcasting network. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and everywhere else you listen to your podcast. Just look up Off the Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you look for it. Look up Off the Bench with spaces in between it, and you will find all episodes from this season, season two, and season one. So check us out on there if you're not able to catch the whole show. Listen to one more song, and we'll be right back with some more NFL talk. And we are back here off the bench. My name is Hayden Joyner, joined with Liam Worley. It's just us two to round out the show now. we got a game of contender or pretender coming up as well. We have game picks to talk about our five closest match games in the NFL this upcoming week, and we'll make our picks to win it and talk about that when it comes. But Liam, first, uh, we haven't played contenders or pretenders before. I like to put some uh, some games in every once in a while. So basically this, way this, this one's going to work. I'm going to name a team. You tell me if they're a contender or a pretender and you know some reasons why. And I'll give my two cents as well. All right. Sounds good? Yeah, man. So the first team we got coming up here started 2-0. and Didn't think they were going to be this good so far. They've only beaten a couple two, two little scrappy teams in the Giants and the Jaguars. But the Denver Broncos currently 2-0 and leading the AFC West. Who would have thought that was going to happen with the Raiders? Raiders and Broncos. And the Chiefs. The Chiefs are 1-1, one one, though. I know, but the Chiefs are also in that conference, along yeah, with the Chargers. and the Chargers. I mean, who would have thought I the mean, Chiefs and Chargers Broncos, would be the bottom two teams yeah. after two weeks? Broncos, to me, going into the preseason were by far the fourth uh, yeah. team in that category but 
I mean, two and zero. Yeah, sure, cool and all, but pretender. Pretender. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm iffy. I think they're like an if team. They're, I'd say they're a pretender as well. They could be a contender when it comes to playoff or like wild card time. Maybe a little sneaky yeah. one. They'll be in the mix for a while. But I'm going to go with pretender so far. Teddy Bridgewater has looked really great that offense though. Fifty four of seventy, five hundred ninety two yards, four touchdowns, zero picks, one hundred and twenty five point six quarterback rating for the first two games of the season. Granted, it was against the Jacksonville's defense and the New York Giants' defense. So yeah. skew that, as make put a curve on that as best you want. He's able to make plays downfield, though. Corton Sutton and Jerry Judy have been feasting in that offense. Melvin Gordon's looked pretty good in the running back position for him as well. And then the defense with Von Miller, the defensive line. They've also played fairly good. Again, it's all kind of skewed because they've played two of the bottom four teams in the league so far. Yeah, We'll see what their real test is in the upcoming weeks. I can't remember who, who they're playing who they're playing next but let's see i mean it dude well, they got the jets next and then they got the ravens so they they could be a, they'll be a 3-0 team after this week if all things go according to plan but i'll call them a pretender for now but, yeah but i mean I, they're in one of the hardest divisions in nfl so yeah. i think it's going to be hard for them to have any longevity and i don't think teddy's got a lot of longevity at quarterback either mm-hmm. well so. keeping it in the afc west next team the las vegas raiders 2-0 Derek Carr's looked phenomenal. Leagues the league in passing with 817 yards, also adding on four touchdowns and an interception to that tally. The Raiders, unlike the Broncos, though, are 2-0, sitting atop the AFC West and have won against two very good teams that they thought that most people thought they weren't going to win when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. So they face some AFC North opponents. They've looked very good in the last two. Are they a contender or a pretender, Liam? Still the hardest, <laughs> still the hardest, or not maybe the hardest, but one of the hardest divisions of football. But uh, I think they're they're going to be a contender. Oh, alrighty. Mean, you know, Derek Carr, he's he's playing his he's playing out of his shoes right now, and I mean, you know, Chris doesn't like Gruden, and I don't particularly either, but I do think he's a good coach. I mean, you know, he's got the he's getting those guys the right fundamentals, and they're having something to play for. Their mm-hmm. move to Las Vegas is probably giving them a little boost in morale. So yeah, that nice new stadium. Yeah, yeah. I see. I wrote down both with question marks on I it for could, this one. I could agree with that. So my reasoning, well. my reasoning is they've looked phenomenal in the start of the in the start of the season. No, no doubt about it. Beating the Ravens was impressive. We all thought it was kind of like their fluke win, but then they came they came into Pittsburgh as underdogs and beat the Steelers, which I think I was the only one to predict that one right. So who I'm happy I got that one. But they've looked very good. Henry Ruggs, uh, the third, he's looked phenomenal. Hunter Renfro as well. He's been he's been scooping under a, in that slot position as well. Darren Waller's been just a force to reckon with. My boy Zay offense. Jones. I'm going to shout him out too. Uh-huh. He's yeah. also a wide receiver for the Raiders. They've looked good. My issue with them so far, I think they're a really good team. I think they're gonna um, they're gonna cause some trouble in the in, in this part of the season. I gotta look what their schedule is because. You know, I'm not, I can't remember every schedule, but no. they got the Dolphins, the two of Dolphins coming up, and they got the Chargers and then the Bears. So, you no. know, you're facing the Dolphins. I, that Fine. should be a win. Two was two was done because you broke like a rib or something. Yeah, LAC will be a it'll be a game. That'll, to see that'll which, be a game pick game for sure. Probably. Yeah, it'll it'll show us which one of those two teams is really a contender. Yeah, and I mean the Bears. I think they should be able to win that yeah, pretty handily. Yeah, but, but my big thing with the Raiders though is in the last two seasons they've done this to us. 2020, they started 6-3. and three. Everyone was like, they're going to be a playoff team. 2019, they started 6-4. and four. They're like, oh, it's the final of the year. Are they back, right? Yeah. November 2020, they finished that season 2-5. Uh, and five. They won two of their final seven games, finished 8-8, eight and eight, missed the playoffs. 2019 as well, after starting 6-4, and four, they won one of their final six games, Oof. finished 7-9, and nine, and missed the playoffs. 
So are they tricking us again here, Liam? I don't know. Two and zero so far. They could. They have I the. Mean, they have the opportunity to go three and zero. Maybe even like four and one after the next couple weeks, if not five and zero. I mean, they're always gonna have to play some hard ball games, mm-hmm. but I think you know it's a seventeen game schedule now. Yes, I'm thinking like eleven and six. Yeah, yeah. Like all their tough games come down the stretch when they got to you know you got Chiefs twice to finish off the season. They play the Cowboys, the Chargers again. They got the Colts, Browns, Washington football team. If you want to. How tough that one's going to be! Oh, I'll though. say twelve and five. Yeah, yeah, pretty impressive. I I think they'll be a good team. I have them as a pretender, but really? they could also be a uh, they also could be a pretender for the second half of the season. Yeah, maybe a pretender for half, a contender for the other half. Who knows? Who knows? It's 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 a troublesome one, but uh, they look pretty good so far, and I'd expect them to be as good. I like them to be good. I think the NFL is better when the Raiders are good. It's just yeah. one of those fan bases you love to see happy. True, even though they're they're kind of crazy people. But uh, speaking of crazy fans, the Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles, one and one. Came up a big win against the Falcons week one. Everyone was like, oh, just uh, Jalen Hurts, the new big deal. But, I mean, that's what the Falcons' defense does. It makes quarterbacks look really, really good. Yeah. They come into week two, have a very, very sloppy game against the 49ers, squeak by with a loss. The 49ers squeak by with a win, 17-11. to Jalen Hurts played okay, 190 pass yards, but also tacked on 82 rushing yards and a touchdown to lead his team in rushing. Are the Eagles pretenders or contenders in the NFC East and the NFC in playoffs? I'll say they're pretenders right now i mean mm-hmm. no offense to you but that's one of the easier divisions in football oh, I, I agree i mean <laughs> giants are never very steady or haven't been in the past few years mm-hmm. i mean football teams been going through all sorts of all sorts of bullcrap uh i mean the eagles have been kind of going through some of the similar same uh things uh-huh. that washington's been going through yeah. so i mean jalen hurts is still yet to get his feet really under him i mean uh, he's got Devontae Smith now, and, I mean, he's got some other guys too, but, like, you know, they haven't all really meshed uh, together for a long time. So mm-hmm. I, I think I think for now they're a pretender, but I think they could be a contender by the end of the season. Yeah, I, I'm going to say they're a pretender so far. It's tough to say because, you know, they could be in the playoff mix just because of the NFC East. They have mm-hmm. the chance to win that division. The Cowboys, I think, are the outright favorites so far, especially the way all the teams have looked through the first two weeks. And, yeah. you know, with Ryan Fitzpatrick going down for the football team, who they were also considered to be a contender for that playoff spot with the NFC East title. I'd say the Eagles are a pretender so far. Interesting to see how they work against Dallas because the way the Eagles have done these first two weeks, you have a high-scoring game with the Falcons, and you have a really low-scoring bad offensive game against the 49ers. And whether that's the product of just both of those teams' defenses being good and bad, it's up for debate. We'll see how it comes with the Cowboys, though, because you know their defense is kind of middle ground so far in the league. They're leading the league in turnovers or takeaways, which is great. They they have six takeaways so far, yeah. so that's a that's a mark of our defense that wasn't really there in the last like decade, it seems. So good for the Cowboys on that part, but it's kind of a middle tier tier defense division rival. It's on Monday night, I believe, so it's in the spotlight in Dallas. So a lot riding on the back of this game. We'll see how Jalen Hurts uh, see how he plays in the spotlight like that. Yeah. In a big game and in a kind of kind of an important game because both teams are trying to get above that 500 because they're both sitting at one and one so far. Well, I mean, it's going to be an important game for the division too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I would say it's going to come down to these two teams for who wins that division. And I mean, the head-to-head matchups definitely yeah. count. It's always a fun rivalry. I'll be shaking that whole game just, unless we're blowing them out. But I always get nervous with these Eagles You'll games. Be fine, but uh, we'll get into that a little bit more in game picks in a second. But the Eagles, I think we both said pretender, right? Pretty, yeah, pretty pretending. Yeah, so far. Um, another team, the the, uh, the Tennessee Titans, one and one, came off a bad loss against Cardinals Week One, but came back surging with Derrick Henry to beat the Seahawks on a big comeback in overtime. 
How are we feeling about them? I'm going to say they're a contender. Okay. I mean, they're in one of the uh, – along with, like, the Eagles, they're in, one, uh, my opinion, the easiest division in football. Yeah. I mean, Jacksonville, terrible. Texans. Texans terrible. are going through all sorts of quarterback <laughs> issues. And Indianapolis, the other team, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, yeah, in that which division. We, we just talked – Who are also going through all sorts of quarterback Might be starting goals. Jacob Eason. Who knows? Yeah. So, I say, I mean – I think Tennessee will pretty handedly win that division. Mm. And, I mean, you know, good win against Seattle. Seattle's never a slouch. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, they could show some good things for their for their season. Yeah, I'm going to say they're a contender So now for now. I mean, they could have started 2-0-2 oh if it wasn't for that comeback and Derrick Henry putting up like 200 yards in the second half or whatever he did. Yeah, It was, it was an insane job for him. But the one issue I have with the Titans is, you know, the defense has been terrible. Their offense didn't click at all against Arizona Week 1, and A.J. Brown hasn't really gotten work going yet. And besides the second half for Derrick Henry, he hasn't really gotten going yet either. Whether you say that half has now surged him forward to get going for the rest of the season – Again, he's had two straight years of like spectacular running back play in like 350-plus carries, which that wears down on you pretty quickly for running backs, and we'll see if he has a drop-off this year. But I think they're a contender for now because of their division. Like we said, the AFC South is not the best. The, uh, the Colts were their main competition, but with Wentz's injury drama, who knows how long that will last. He might come back soon, but he also might re-injure himself because he's prone to that. Who knows if that's going to work out. I think they're the favorites in the division, so I'll call them a contender. Liam, last team for the game, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 1-1, one one, beat the Bills impressively in Buffalo on a defensive battle and then just lost to the Raiders as favorites at home in Pittsburgh. Are the Steelers contenders or pretenders in this season? Oh, I'm going to kind of go with your, your Raiders thing, I believe it was, where it's yeah. both. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think that division's necessarily that hard, but it's very competitive yeah. and always has been. I mean, especially since the Browns have gotten uh gotten competitive again. So mm-hmm. I mean they're gonna have a lot of uh a lot of trials and tribulations with those games in that division and I mean I'm sure they got some other hard games down the stretch. But I mean, you know, if Ben Ben wants to do finish on a high note and I think he's gonna give it everything he has to do it. And, I mean, he's got some people around him that want to make it happen for him as well. So I think they'll be all right. I'm going to say they're a contender so far. They, I mean, the game against the Raiders was pretty sloppy, I feel like, and they lost by a little bit less than they probably should have. But the reason I'm keeping them a contender is because of that coaching staff. They got Mike Tomlin, who's never finished below 500 as a Steelers head coach. Yeah. Even in the year where they had, you know, Duck Hodges and and uh, Mason Rudolph as quarterback when Ben was hurt, they still managed to finish 8-8 eight and eight with that with that spectacular defense, which is still in play right now. I mean, Although T.J. Watt did seem like he got hurt this week. So I'm did not, he? I didn't. I missed that. I saw him hobble off the field. I'm not sure uh, the severe, severity of that. but it What, could what they did have happen was you know they were down by two touchdowns or whatever at the end of the game, and they were running just some, some plays. Instead of kneeling on it, just run the clock out and you mm-hmm. know basically say, all right, we lost, it's fine. They were trying to run a few plays at the end of the game, which got Deontay, Deontay Johnson, the wide receiver, hurt. Mm-hmm. So he was like, he couldn't even walk off the field on his own power. So yeah. there was a lot of criticism for Pittsburgh for that call. It's like, why are you hurting your, why are you risking injuries just for a meaningless play? I mean, you got, I mean, still, I mean, in game play, even in situations like that where you kind of know you're going to lose, in game play is better practice than you're going to be able to get, you know, at true, your true. own facility yeah. throughout the week. So, I mean, I think. Even though it did get Deontay hurt, I think uh, I still think it could pay off for him in a little bit if they figured something out. Yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll jump into game picks now, Liam. Yeah, uh, pretty fun. If you didn't, if you didn't keep up with it last week, it was a very, uh, it was a very interesting 
selection process last week. Liam was going against me and Chris like every single game. We said it was either going to pay off big or hurt him bad, and uh, Liam finished one and four. I finished three and two, and Chris finished two and three. So currently, we're all sitting at different levels. We're bad. I'm, <laughs> we're all bad. Hey, it's mainly only, just me. But it's all two of weeks us. in. If you're if you're keeping track of the standings, me, Hayden, I'm leading at five and five, five hundred right now. Chris is four and six, and Liam is three and seven. I mean, after th- I've been doing this three years now. This is my third season. This is my worst start somehow. Um, if you remember, I think I think uh, the first season I started six and four. Last year I started f- nine and one, which was a Jiminy Chris. I started. I think the first week was four and one. Then I had a five and zero oh week. I, yet I still lost to Jamison f- over the whole season. We're not going to talk about it. That's tough. But uh, starting at five hundred this year, I feel like I've been picking better games though. I feel like the game's been a lot more tricky this year than in the past. Mean, they need to be, but you know, throw us a bone every now and then, Hayden. <laughs> throw us a bone. You had a if I had a bone for them. We had the Colts Titans game in here, which you know, if Jacob Eason's the starting quarterback for Indianapolis, that's a pretty easy game to pick. But then I noted that and I was like, oh right, let me change that and pick the Saints and Patriots. <sighs> so Liam. You're picking first now because that's what our kind of rotation is. So yeah. even with Chris not being here, we'll go you. Then uh, I'll announce Chris's picks because he's texted them to me. And then we'll go with my picks. But Chargers at Chiefs starts us out, Liam. How are you feeling? Oh, it's in Kansas City, you know, the Arrowhead Stadium. It's a, it's a loud place to play. Justin Herbert, you know, I mean, he's he's had some experience there now, but... I uh, I think I think the Chiefs will end up pulling it out. I mean, I, you know, I discounted the Chiefs <laughs> this past week, and hey, which, it paid off for you. I which I was not thinking was going to happen, but you know, since y'all didn't uh, pick the Ravens, I was like, screw it, I'm going to yeah, do it anyway. Why not? Yeah, which uh, obviously came back to bite me. I'm sure the next time I pick last, I'll do some similar things to that. But uh, you know, can't can't count out Patrick, Tyreek, Travis Kelsey, and the boys. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna win. I mean, I said it last week. You can't. You don't. You don't bet against Brady. You don't bet against Mahomes, Andy Reid. You don't bet against those kind of guys. And uh, it bit me last week with the Baltimore winning. I mean, it was in Baltimore, granted, but uh, I mean that was just a crazy game in general. The Chiefs, I feel like, could have pulled it out, but they had that fumble at the end and blah blah blah. Lamar Jackson had a great game. But Chargers at Chiefs this year or this this week, both teams coming off losses that they probably feel like they shouldn't have lost. Like I said, uh, the turnovers happened with with the Chiefs, which is kind of uncharacteristic of them. Mahomes had a great game, though, 343 yards, three touchdowns, interception, 131.5 quarterback rating. He had a good game. As well for the Chargers, Justin Herbert played phenomenal, had over 340 passing yards against the Dallas' defense, but did suffer two interceptions. And the Chargers had a lot to complain about because the penalties were just not falling their way last week. And even as a Cowboys fan, even though we won that game, I was still saying during the game, like my girlfriend I was watching with, I was like, this is gone to the point where it's just annoying i mean you were saying it in the group i was chat. saying in the group chat i was, was like, cap yeah i was like i was like i don't care that we're winning and like even these calls are helping us i'm like these calls are stupid and as an nfl fan in general i'm like this is dumb it's it taunting is. calls whatever and then it was like every other play they were calling something that was either calling a play back or it was just like redoing the play and i'm like can we just play football it was annoying and i'm sure the chargers are even more annoyed than i am but both teams hungry for a victory it's in kansas city it's with mahomes I'm not going to bet against him. I'm going to go with the Chiefs as well. This I think it might be closer than I thought. I mean, the Chargers about beat the Chiefs. I think it was last year when Justin Herbert came in or whatever happened week two. Yeah, It was a close game. It came down to a field goal. So these two teams play each other tough, division rivals, but I'm going to go with the uh, the Chiefs at home. Chris also agrees and picks the Chiefs. So we're one and two as a group so far when we've picked the same teams. Yeah. So uh, maybe it's the Chargers week, but uh, we all got the Chiefs winning Probably this one. Probably will be. Liam, the game I switched up, Saints at Patriots. Jameis Winston trying to bounce back. Mac Jones come up a pretty solid game against the Jets. Who's winning this one? Mm, 
I don't like this game, but I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna say New Orleans come in come in up there in Gillette Stadium and they Alrighty. they pull out a victory. Alrighty. Uh no particular reason. I <laughs> just feeling it. I don't think either team has a you know a steady foundation as of yet uh-huh. uh, for this season. Yeah, that's my yeah. So I'm um, I'm gonna say New Orleans. That was my biggest point when I came to deciding. I'm like, what what is the plan for either of these teams? I don't really know. The Saints have you know they looked good against the Packers week one with <clears throat> with Jameis, and you know they looked kind of scruffy against the, against the Panthers and the Patriots. You know. They had a good game against the Jets. They the defense snagged off four interceptions off Zach Wilson, which was just Zach Wilson making rookie mistakes for the most part. But both teams are looking to to create that offense. The Saints only scored seven points against the Panthers, so them and, and you know Jameis Winston, Alvin Kamara, they're going to try to find something going. I'm going to go with the Patriots though at home. Bill Belichick, you know, he just doesn't lose at home. I feel like and Mac Jones, he kept the ball safe for the most part against the Jets. A lot of dinking and dunking, smart plays. Smart thing, just gain some yards, get the points when needed. They played very smart, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Belichick and go with the Pats here. Chris also agrees with me and is taking the Packers. So Liam, fingers crossed for you and your Saints, buddy. Jeez, uh, <laughs> Patriots, that is. You pick the Patriots? No, no, no. Oh. Y'all, you said Packers, so I said oh, Patriots. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah, fingers crossed for your Saints against yeah. our Patriots. But game number three, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the LA Rams. This could be an NFC Championship preview. Who knows? Big game in L.A. in SoFi. Tom Brady coming to town. Both teams 2-0. and Both quarterbacks playing well. Who's going to continue to be undefeated? I've said that I'm not high on the Rams, <laughs> but I'm going to pick them. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, you can't pick against Tom Brady, but boom, there you go. We I just like did. We, we contradict ourselves so many times. We, we? I mean, we all do. I mean, it's. I mean, Stephen A. Smith does it. They all do it, you yeah. know, for yeah, ESPN. Yeah. So, I mean, and, you know, kind of, I mean, these are both passing-heavy teams, but I think what's going to win the Rams the game is just slightly better rushing with mm-hmm. Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle compared yeah. to that of Damian Harris and whoever else they got up there. And uh, you're thinking the Pac- Patriots? Oh yeah, I am. Uh, you're Josh. thinking Leonard Fournette and yeah. uh, Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones, yeah. and, and, and those guys. Yeah. So you're going with the Rams? You know, I'm going with the Rams as well. I go. also picked them on here. Look, both teams are vying. They're, they both have you know championship aspirations. They're both looking really good. Brady, two, 276 yards, five TDs against the Falcons this past week, and Stafford, 287 yards and two touchdowns against the Colts in that scrappy game in Indianapolis. So both teams, both quarterbacks, are looking very good so far. Defenses have also been uh, been you know pr- pretty solid. I, I just, I'd say for the whole thing. I like the passing attack for the Rams and the Buccaneers pretty evenly. Cooper Cup's been phenomenal for Matthew Stafford so far. And then we all know how good the uh, the Buccaneers are with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski. They're all pretty phenomenal in that aspect. The one thing I will say, though, against the Cowboys, the Buccaneers looked pretty vulnerable in that passing attack or passing defense. The secondary yeah. was really weak. Dak passed for over 400 yards. He kind of had his way besides that one interception, which wasn't really Dak's fault. It was CeeDee Lambs for dropping it. So... Dak had his way with him, and I think Stafford is also, while not as good a quarterback as Dak, I think Stafford will also have a very good game against the defense. I think it's going to be yeah. high scoring. Um, I just think you know Aaron Donald and the defense for the Rams, I think is just a tad more ticked on than uh, than the Buccaneers so far. The pass rush is going to get to him. The secondary with the uh, with the Rams, the secondary for the Rams is just phenomenal in general with Jalen Ramsey and a couple other guys leading that thing. Troy yeah, Hill, I think sure. Troy Hill, and then there's another guy, Josh Johnson, maybe bunch of solid players on there. So. I think that defense is going to turn up when it comes big. When it comes to the big time, as long as you don't get Brady the ball with a minute left, they'll have a chance. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the Rams too. I think it's solid. Chris though is taking the Buccaneers. So uh, which I, you know, I can definitely see his points that he would make if he was here. So yeah, I was picking the Buccaneers for a while, and then I was like, I was like, how you were? I was like, screw it, I'm picking the Rams. Yeah. Like, I, I just felt it somehow. Um, fourth game of the week: Packers 49ers Sunday Night Football. 
this one is uh, tough for me, but Liam, how are you going with it? Dude, you know, I just, <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot of times I double-guess myself, and I like picking underdogs. And this is what, why I write it down before the show. I'm like, and whatnot. I'm like, I'm sticking with it no matter what. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Green Bay they played well, and I'm gonna pick them. I'm gonna pick them. <laughs> I mean, I need Aaron Jones to play good. I need Devontae Adams to play good. They're my backbone for my fantasy team and yeah, in this group. <laughs> you want you want to cheer for them in all aspects, not for man against. I mean, them. and I like both of them. I'm yeah, both very. Uh, I think very highly of both of those guys, and you know, Aaron Rodgers is. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's got a great pedigree in the NFL. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, going into San Francisco, those going to be tough. But you know, I think uh, I think they'll be able to skirt it. Skirt it by. Uh, see, this one I've never done this before, but I literally have one here. I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't pick. Well, you uh, got to. It's, I, it's no, part I got of the to. job. You, you're taking the the Packers. So is Chris. Oh. So I'm thinking here. Do I have an argument for the Niners? I don't know. I don't know. I have the lead though in game picks, so do I want to. So you can afford a little. I could afford it because you know Chris has his own. He picked. Um, he picked. I mean, he picked the Bucks against us. You picked the um, the Saints. The Saints against us. So I could pick the Niners against y'all, and we're kind of all like week one, just even with each other. I don't know. When I was looking at this, you know, Rogers, like I said, he's five and six against the 49ers. So he has a losing record against the Niners in his career. He's also zero three in the playoffs. It's not playoff time, but it still kind of plays into effect. Um, he's looking to turn that around. He had a good performance against the Lions last week, but we also have it against the Saints week one. 49ers, meanwhile, their secondary has been pretty banged up. Josh Norman was their, was their CB1 against the Eagles, which they held the Eagles to a pretty limited passing attack, but Josh Norman ain't what he used to be, and him being a C, your CB1 isn't the best. As well, the run game, Elijah Mitchell didn't look like the one we saw week one for the Niners as well. It was, yeah. just, a, it was just a sloppy game between the Niners and the Eagles, so I don't know what to play off of. If we're doing recency bias, I want to take the Packers. I don't know, though. I don't know. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Packers. I'm, I'm I'm gonna play it safe with you guys. I think Rodgers, you know, he had the scruffy game week one. He's yeah. gonna look to turn that around. All the Packers gotta do is stop Nick Bosa, you know, keep keep him from putting Rodgers on his back, and he'll have time to throw, and he'll get and he'll get Devontae Adams, he'll get Aaron Jones, he'll get all those other guys, Robert Tanya, he'll, they'll get open and make plays for him. So I'll go with the Packers. We'll all three take this one. That probably means the Niners will win now because we have just awful records with this, with all picking the same teams, but. It's whatever. I'm going to go with the Packers. Last game, Liam, to round out the show, Monday Night Football. The Eagles visit the Cowboys. We were talking about this a little bit earlier as well. Who's winning this one? Division rivals looking to go 2-1 and one to start and avoid going 1-2. and two. I've talked bad about the Cowboys the past two weeks. I don't feel like you know. you've talked that bad. I mean, it wasn't, but I, did, I wasn't on their side. Chris was very matchup. positive last week about him. Yeah, because. he was. And I mean, I... Uh, I said they were going to get smacked by Tampa Bay. I said they were going to lose by 17, only lost by two. And <laughs> I flat out picked the Chargers to win last week in game picks. So little redemption time for them boys down there in Dallas. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick them to beat the their division right. rivals, the Eagles. Well, you're summing up with Chris, who also picks the Cowboys, and you're summing it up with me, who also picks the Cowboys. Well, I, mean, I figured you would. I mean, yeah. I've I've been known to go against the Cowboys. I've done it before. I just uh, the Eagles. There's no reason I should not be cheering for the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, my biggest point with the Cowboys and what they proved in that Chargers game is that they can win in multiple different ways. And I've said that before with the Buccaneers. Uh, I think after the Week One game, where championship teams can win in different ways. Teams that can only win if the formula goes their way. You 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 can worry about. Yeah. But with the Cowboys, you know, we 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 harked on them so much Week One about how they didn't run the ball. There was no balance to the offense. Dak threw 58 times. It's not a sustainable effort. They dialed that back a bit. Dak threw less, only threw for about 240 yards. 
Zeke ran 16 times for 71 yards and a touchdown, and then Tony Pollard in his backup position came in 13 carries for 109 yards as well, talked on, tacked on a couple of, couple of receiving yards at the end yeah. of that as well, and he also got a touchdown. So they proved that, you know, if y'all are going to not let us throw, we're going to run the ball on you because that was kind of the game plan going in. The Chargers run too high safety. That's what their defense always does. Yeah. So they're, like, they're not going to let anything over the top, and that's why Dak only had like one throw over 20 yards, which was the one that went to an interception to Asante Samuel. Yeah. So they kept it small, they kept it short, but it worked out, and the run game got the job done, as well as Dallas's defense. They're going to have to contain her this upcoming week. They held, they held, uh, they, they didn't, they didn't really, I can't even say they held uh, Justin Herbert down. He still had like 343 yards, but they kept that team to 17 points. The Chargers got two interceptions off Herbert as well, which were completely the Cowboys made. It wasn't like a Herbert mistake or anything. Yeah. So the Cowboys defense is very opportunistic with the takeaways. Look for the take uh, that going forward with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts because he's still a young quarterback kind of learning so defense plays well and the Cowboys find a way to run their offense in the right way I think they'll get the dub on Monday night I'm excited for it it's always fun to beat the Eagles oh, if, yeah, if we get it right if we get it right all right so we have three t- we all pick the Chiefs I'll pick the Packers and I'll pick the Cowboys so there's just two lame. Uh, yeah that's compared to our first two weeks pretty lame but don't worry man I'm sure next go around uh I'll have some more uh <laughs> some more boldness some coming boldness out of me. I'll wake up feeling dangerous yeah. yeah we'll see we'll see this I mean this one there's only two games you have your own singled out game Chris has a singled out game so big thing I mean if y'all get those right you, you can gain a couple you gain at least one spot on everybody else so well I mean for me I'm already in the whole big so I'm gonna have to have a gradual comeback more than likely Does this mean I picked every single team Chris did I think we had the exact same or no? Yeah. I don't know. No, because he had his own own as well. So I'm kind of like in a limbo yeah. land because I don't have my own game. I'm just going to have to get – we'll see. That's all right, man. You go three and two, <laughs> four and one. That's, that's yes. reputable. Hey, so if that's solid, I'll, I'll take it. I, I yeah. don't – I don't. I want to keep above 500. I, I've, usually we've been able to do that with me and Jameson, so yeah. we'll see. But that's going to do it for us. Good to have you on the show, Liam, as always. Hopefully we get Chris back next week. Don't know what his timetable is, but yeah. uh, I guess – I he, don't know, man. We're, uh, we're hoping you come back, and uh, I just – I want to – I want to shout out this random team uh, mascot that I found in Arkansas <laughs> uh-huh. called the Bull Weevils. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my buddy Cam showed me from high school. And Those I, little insects, right? Yeah, they're yeah. Little, they get in corn and stuff. I nice. think that's funny. And I also <laughs> want to uh, want to shout out Buffalo uh, for almost beating Coastal. So that was yeah. that was good stuff. That uh, yeah, yeah that's it. Another Mountain Dew shout out. Uh, Mountain Dew Voodoo. It's, looking for the case still. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking for some free stuff still, and uh, hey, I tried a, it. Tried it in a bottle today instead of a can, which was, you know, it was equally. Do as good. they send Diet Dew to Skip and Shannon on Undisputed? I feel like I they, they probably always, do. They always make bets with like a case of Diet Dew, so I don't know if they do that for More them. More than likely. Yeah. So yeah. send us some as well. I don't think it's, it's that bad. Yeah. But uh, fingers crossed on that. We'll, we'll send. <laughs> we'll send a couple emails. Out Maybe some, one day. Some spam messages. But uh, that's gonna do it for us on the show, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're not catching us on social media, follow us there at Off the Bench XLR. You can find all of our stuff. Game picks like we just talked about will be posted later today or tomorrow as well. Updates from the podcast goes out as well as video clips and quotes from the show. So follow us on there at X or at off the bench XLR as long or as well on our podcast network. Look up off the bench. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, everywhere else you can find and listen to your own podcast. Look us up again as off the bench with spaces in between it. But anyway, guys, that's going to do it for the show. Catch us back here at four o'clock on Wednesday next week. Remember to stay in the game and off the bench and have a good night.